This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Episode 199, How Minimalism Can Change Your Life and Finances. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And we are almost 200 episodes in. One episode away from 200. Just wait until we get to episode 200 and all of the singing. Uh, I'm so sorry in advance, but we're very excited to get to this milestone, to be so close to it. It is the last milestone, I think, that we can technically achieve on our podcast hosting platform. They like give us little awards for these different oh, really? milestones. And I think 200 episodes is the last one. And then we've just hit it all. Oh, my gosh. So we we, just when, go we home. First, when we first switched to Buzzsprout, we had already been recording for three years or more. And so we hit all of the milestones in one week. It was amazing. (laughs) It felt so gratifying to just day after day after day be congratulated. We both kept getting these emails like nonstop, Mm -hmm. like you have another subscriber, you have another listener. And we're like, I know. Keep up, Buzzsprout. (laughs) But now this is the last one. There's no more awards for us, Jen. You'll have to, as listeners, start to figure out awards for us, and you can leave them in the reviews for the show on Apple or wherever you listen. And to reward you, to thank you for doing that, we're going to give you episode 199, which is not important enough to be episode 200. Mm. And it's about minimalism and how it can change your life and your finances because both of those things are intertwined. They have to be. We love talking about minimalism and simple living and frugality and how they all pair together. So this is going to be a good one. And we've done other episodes like it, but I think always with a different perspective in each one. So how it helps your life and finances is today's look. But first, our sponsors. Our sponsors. The Modern Frugal Living ebook. If you are on our email list, you have in your inbox at this very second a free ebook with over 200 ways to save money, and it includes checklists and resources so you can take action on the highest impact strategies 
quickly. If you're not on our email list, then you can still get the book for free. Just head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash ebook to get your promo code. And everyone is getting two weeks of accountability emails to help you take action. So head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash ebook and start getting those quick wins that will snowball your momentum to financial freedom. Ow, ow. This episode is also brought to you by Sweden. Sweden wants you to stop blaming it for traditional minimalist design. Minimalist design was actually originated from designs in the Netherlands in the early 1900s and traditional Japanese design, not Sweden, since the first IKEA didn't even open till 1943. That single white chair and round table are not the original minimalist icons. Sweden, it's not neutral on this fact that you need to stop blaming it for minimalist design. Not neutral. <laughs> wow. An entire country sponsored us. Yeah. That was more of a PSA. Um, yeah. When, yeah. When when Sweden reached out, I just had to help them uh, because they really are sad about this, uh, that people think that they have to adhere to IKEA uh, in order to be minimalist. Setting the record straight, but sorry, Sweden, that you couldn't be episode 200. Just 199 <laughs> so for you. You are so good, but not good enough to be episode 200. (laughs) Other episodes that are not good enough to be episode 200 also are on minimalism. And if you like this idea, you're jiving on it, here are a few to queue up to play next. So we've got episode 109, which is how to maintain a minimalist lifestyle. We've got episode 141 on minimalist budgeting. That is a, a favorite of mine. Episode 162, Creating a Minimalist Schedule. That one was a replay because everybody loved the Minimalist Schedule episode. Um, And then episode 180, Minimalist Investing. So if you've ever wondered how to build a comprehensive and diversified portfolio for your investments, you don't need to be a rocket scientist or a financial planner to figure that out. You can do it in just one, literally one fund, or we talk about um, two and three fund portfolios as well in that episode. So great episodes to queue up to listen to after this one. Perfect. But let's get into this one, talking about how it can improve life and finances. This first article is from the Tanhill Homestead. Am I saying that right? I hope so. That's how I would say it. <laughs> so they go into, she, the writer goes into nine ways that she has seen minimalism help her. And super interesting because as I was reading through them, I mean, I would say for, for both you and I, Jen, I think we both aim at minimalism. It looks different for all people. Both articles reference that. But I found myself agreeing with so much that's in here. Like, yeah, I've experienced that too. Yeah, I've experienced that too. So I think it's worth it to go through all nine. And I'll start by saying her intro in this article does give a little bit of background. Her blog gives more background on what minimalism is meant for her. But it did include downsizing her home. And she says it's not necessary to live a minimalist life, but it's one of the things that happened 
for her and her family. And now she's able to homestead. So she uses some of what minimalism has provided in order to live a little bit more of a homesteading life. So I found that interesting. So if those kind of aspects of this writer's life appeal to you, definitely check out this article. But let's just go through it. I don't know why I don't typically look at the author of of our articles, but I really actually liked this one because like on the side, it says, I'm Erin. I'm a modern homemaker, homesteader and decluttering enthusiast. And I was like, yeah, like me too, except I'm not a homesteader. And I feel like a modern homemaker in that I make my child go to daycare so that I can (laughs) stay home and work. But like other than that, I really feel I felt like connected to her or maybe I just really liked like what she's about, like simple living, sustainability. And you don't usually talk about the author either. So I just I know I know I wasn't going to say that. But like you said it and I I just wanted to put that out there that Aaron, if you're listening to this. Yeah, we get it. We're we're vibing with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So so proceed, Jill, like talk about important (laughs) stuff. Talk about something relevant. Well, I think it's worth just going through the nine things. I think they're all relevant. I feel as though I can relate to most of them. So one of the things that she lists that minimalism has helped her with is that she spends less time cleaning. So certainly, I think this has a lot to do with how large your house is. I mean, it doesn't matter how much stuff you have in it. If you just have more floor space and baseboards to clean, that's just a reality. But she does reference the fact that because she has less things in her home, and a more minimalist wardrobe. She spends less time doing laundry, cleaning her knacks, organizing and tidying. And she does this basically 30 minutes a day of cleaning. And that apparently allows her to also do some deep cleaning on this like 30 minute a day plan. Good for her. Good for you, Aaron. So that's awesome. And I feel like I can relate in some way. Sometimes it does feel for me like, oh man, there's so much to clean in my little like <laughs> 1400 square foot house. But I can only imagine how much more I would have to clean if I had more things to be taken care of. So I I can definitely commiserate with that. Yeah, I have fewer things because I am lazy and I don't want to clean. And I know that I won't. It's not that I don't want to, it's that I won't. And so I have fewer things so that I don't have to clean as often. Mm -hmm. I think I did. We did a, um, my allergies were getting pretty bad this past allergy season. And so we did a deep clean of the entire house just for dust. And we made it a focus. So that's like a really great cleaning tip. Like, so we didn't, we weren't doing decluttering. We weren't doing like sanitizing. Literally, we were just dusting. And uh, there was some, I have some mugs in the top, on top, like decorative mugs uh, at the top of my kitchen, on top of my cabinets. And they were gross. Like they, they had grease. Like I didn't know grease could get up uh-huh. there. And it was the tops of kitchen cabinets gets grimy. Do yeah, clean it, y'all. It's uh, and so I have to have uh, cabinets, so I have to clean those. But like, if I can get rid of as much other decor and appliances and things, then it's better for those the once a year that I deep clean everything. 
because it only happens Mm -hmm. once a year. So number two, uh, I'm still thinking about cleaning uh, and how much I hate it. Number two, I have more time to do things I enjoy. So if you are spending less time cleaning and I mean, this this involves simple living, like simplifying your schedule, having a minimalist schedule as well. You can have a really minimalist home, but if your schedule is jam-packed, then you don't have time to enjoy your home. So she says with less cleaning and organizing, she can enjoy more things. But I think it it goes way beyond just cleaning. I think the more we focus on minimalism in the parts beyond our physical life, and I think physical gives us a quick win, right? Like we get rid of our stuff, we can instantly see that there is less and that permeates into other things. But yeah, you do have more time to do things that you value and that you enjoy when you are obviously not cleaning as much, but can discern the things in your calendar and in your lifestyle that are really there to serve you or are just clutter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just a overall getting to the things that matter most, having a minimalist schedule, budget, home, all of these things help to clear it all away to be able to focus on what's actually most important to you. I think that's kind of the Mm -hmm. bottom line there. Number three that she lists on here is that she has more money. So by reducing consumption and paying attention to where her money goes more each month, it saves money. It frees up money. And I would agree. I think that this has been my experience as well. Minimalism has taught me a lot about contentment, not wanting as much, being happy with the things that I do have because they actually serve a function for me. And so I'm just, I'm not spending as much. So it frees up money for other things, the things that I want that money to be able to go to. Yeah. And I say this quite a lot on, for me, like, if I have a minimalist design and a minimalist home, then I no longer buy home decor for for anything. Like if you believe that a part of your life is complete physically, then you no longer spend money to complete it. So whether that is your home design or gosh, this might be a little too deep, but like even your body, like if you feel like your body if you're content, you feel like your body is complete, then you will no longer waste money trying to make it complete. Ooh. So there is it just, yeah, and unpack that how you will. But <sighs> yeah. yeah, I mean, if if you have this uh, mindset, then yeah, you don't you no longer uh, spend money trying to complete things if you feel they're complete. Why I just you know stop showering. <laughs> I shoot yeah. my teeth. Like, I am enough and I am complete. <laughs> you are unpacking that a little. No, but that is excellent, <laughs> Jen, because I think, you know, you're talking about spending money on various diets and fads mm-hmm. that might not actually be serving us. It's spending money on maybe even cosmetic things or clothing because we think it's going to give us the next boost of beauty or acceptance. And so if we are content with ourselves and some of the basic ways that we're caring for ourselves, Mm -hmm. that's definitely going to reduce the amount of spending. I love that. 
And that hmm. said, I mean, I spend money on a gym membership and races. Like I spend money, you know, to help my body, but not because I think it's incomplete. It's because I enjoy challenging my body to do better things. Well, there's a maintenance component. I think it doesn't mm-hmm. negate f- nutrition and exercise, but Absolutely. the things that are above and beyond that, and they cost more than than what we actually need to be spending, or if it's related to being discontent, that's another story. Right. I think it's the discontentment portion, whether we're talking about body image or home image. If you're content, you're looking for ways to improve. Um, if you are discontent, you're looking for ways to complete. And both have a cost, but one has um, one is like at cost of, you know, your mental health to an extent. Mm-hmm. Number four is I'm conscious about the things I buy. I love this one mm. because it's we it's so rare for people to talk like outside of the sustainability uh, niche to talk about sustainability. And I'm just like glad that she's putting it into the context. Like she's conscious about the items and not just, I mean, she doesn't talk about cost, but she's not just like buying things because they are the cheapest. So she says, I take my time when purchasing a new shirt or piece of technology. I think if I really need it or not, when it comes to the beauty products or the food, she pays attention to ingredients. And uh, I would say, also pay attention to where a garment is made or how it's made, where you're getting it from. So you can, if you're buying less, if your shopping is minimalist, then you can take more time to think about the journey that an item takes to get into your house. You can't do that if you're buying a lot. I'm definitely a lot more conservative with my spending when I think, do I want to have this for years to come versus mm-hmm. just approaching it from a either not really thinking that much or throwaway thoughts, you know, where you just, okay, it doesn't matter. I just, I like it. Maybe I'll wear it once, but is this going to be a regular part of my wardrobe? Do I like all facets of it and all the ways that it fits? I think it makes me personally a lot more choosy. And as a result, I do spend less because that is kind of the standard. Now that I've done this work, I'm really bullish about not wanting to bring more things into my house. Yeah. And I I think I also think, like to think like is buying this and I and I think about this for new items because I don't buy exclusively used but when I buy something new I was like am I okay am I telling this company that I am okay with the way this is made mm. that I want them to produce more of this item in the way that it was produced because when you give a company money you're telling them I want more of what you're doing because mm. the only thing that talks is money in you know in the marketplace. Business, sure. Yeah. That's the only thing that talks. So if you do not give a company your money, then you are telling them, I do not like your business practice. If you do, then you are saying, do more of what you're already doing. Mm-hmm. Number five is, I don't feel guilty about the items that I keep. Oh, I love this one too, because mm-hmm. once you've done, and minimalism isn't just about the declutter. I think that's just, it's one small aspect. Somehow it gets most of the attention. Yeah, declutter is needs to happen, but minimalism is more of a lifestyle and approach. And so once that happens, the things that we do have and keep and choose to continue to engage and interact with, there's not 
guilt about that because there has been intentionality in why am I keeping this? Or if I buy something, what am I going to use this for? And making sure that it lasts a while. So there doesn't have to be that like emotional, mental baggage with the things that are in my home of like, Mm -hmm. why is this here? It's taking up so much mental space and capacity. So I I would agree with this one too, very guilt-free with the possessions that remain in my home. Well, we have to say the same thing about our spending. When we sometimes budget for something and spend on it, if you're really pushing to reach a financial goal, you can feel guilty even spending money on the things that you've budgeted for. So there has to be this shift in saying, like, there is no guilt on the things that I spend money on if I know that that is what I value. And there's no guilt on the things that I don't spend money on. And transferring it to there's no guilt for getting rid of something. Mm -hmm. And there's no guilt for keeping something. You design your own minimalism and... (laughs) It's yours and you shouldn't – if any part of it makes you feel guilty, then you're either following somebody else's standard of minimalism or you have to like really look inside to see like, okay, what – where is that from? Mm -hmm. Where is that coming from and how can I like get that out of here? The part about the gifts in this section makes me laugh. They're saying, you know, oftentimes you're given a gift out of tradition or obligation. (laughs) And the writer said, it isn't due to someone wanting to give you something you keep the rest of your life. I don't know anyone that gives you something and expects you to keep it no matter what. And apparently she's not met my mom. Like what? No, I definitely have received gifts where the expectation from the gifter is that I will use it and love it and keep it forever. Um, Thankfully, my mother knows me well enough at this point that she has needed to come to accept the fact that I probably won't keep hardly anything from my childhood or otherwise. (laughs) My mom told me Last Christmas, she's like, be upfront with me. If you plan on returning or giving away anything I give you, just give it back to me. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's gotten obvious. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have not hit it anymore. <laughs> um, but it's also like, so she gives much better gifts now. Mm-hmm. Like because of that, she's more intentional about the gifts she gives us, you know, because of that. And I don't know. It's not, I don't think that's like a sale to like train your family to give better gifts. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I am thinking now she thought that I would keep everything. Yeah. I think that's only a, um, a mother situation. I think most other people who give you a gift, there's no obligation there. Unless your mother gives you a gift, it's full of obligation <laughs> and expectation. But <laughs> you know awful. what? That's, that's where boundaries and communication come into play. Mm-hmm. We can all mm-hmm. learn and grow. Absolutely. All right. So number six is that for her, life is simpler. She says, my life is simpler and more enjoyable. Everything simple, simple wardrobe, simple meal plans, simpler routines. I love this idea of simple over minimal. Because mm-hmm. when we think of minimalism and minimalist, we think of less, mostly. I just think of simpler mm-hmm. because simple things that are simple are sustainable. Like minimal isn't always sustainable, but simple is sustainable. When you've got the simple wardrobe, 
you wear it. You go through everything. And and since you're wearing everything, you actually keep, I mean, things last longer because you're not wearing, you know, there's this weird phenomenon. If you have like 30 shirts, then you you wear like two shirts over and over again. (laughs) And And so those don't last and then you don't wear the other 28. But if you have 10 shirts, you cycle through all 10. And there's, mm-hmm. I don't know the research to back that up. I don't even know if there's research, but in my life, that is a weird phenomenon that I've seen. So that's, you know, simple wardrobe, simple meal plans, simple recipes get done. Like if your your meal plan is full of like gourmet things from the feed feed, like cut it out because those, mm-hmm. the food, like ingredients go to waste, like simple meal plans, simple recipes simple routines that like don't make your young children overwhelmed or you like I just that is minimalism to me it's cutting out all the clutter in every part of your life simplifying so that all that remains is what lights you up and what lights your partner up and what lights your family up Mm -hmm. yeah I love that distinction that it's possible that we might have a few extra things in order to make life more simple for our circumstances. So yeah, again, just permission to have this look for you different from other people, whatever is going to work though. Number seven on here is I enjoy being at home and I can really resonate with this one too. Mm -hmm. This is like a newfound experience for me. I don't know that I ever used to be one to fully understand when people are like, I just like being home. I just want to go home and be home. And it still is not totally 100% my mantra. (laughs) Yeah. But I do understand it more. (laughs) You travel a lot. (laughs) Yeah. But you also have people at your home a lot. So yeah. Yeah. It probably has to do with having a home. But certainly when it feels peaceful and calm, that that can create a cozy and comfortable environment when it doesn't feel third, dirty, untidy, overwhelming, chaotic, busy, complicated, then home can be a really enjoyable, restful place. And and certainly where you have contentment, then yeah, you certainly feel at home there. So I I love what she's saying there. And I can attest to that as well. Yeah. I think with anything that is unknown, we avoid it. So as she's saying, like, now that she's, you know, simplified and minimized, she can find things so she doesn't have to waste time searching for things. Like when we, before paying off debt, I just avoided my Navient account like the plague because I didn't want to look at it because I didn't know how I was going to pay it off. So I didn't I didn't look at it. And like when your mm-hmm. home is cluttered and you don't know how to get it to the picture that you want it to look like, you just avoid it. You avoid being mm-hmm. there. But if you can like bust it out and you subtract everything. I uh, I heard this recently, this design tip. It was from like fix and flip rehabbers from real estate, but I think it was so wise. It said add by subtracting. So basically for their properties, they just take away everything as much as possible, leave the things that are still, you know, working and have to be there and then just take away everything else. Landscaping, just take it all away and then only add back what is like desperately necessary. You know, it's like mulch on the ground, very minimal everything. And I love that idea 
I did this on a smaller scale um, <laughs> with my fridge. <laughs> and it was inadvertent because we had to clean the fridge front face. And we took off all of the magnets and pictures and drawings. And, I, and then I only put back what I thought really needed to be there. And it's something mm. I wouldn't have done just like looking at it, just taking things off. But I had to take away everything and only intentionally put back what I wanted. And, and what That's a great, great way to look at things, to always just have the mindset of, okay, let's strip everything away and we only put back what matters. And and that's a lot easier than trying to just like take things away slowly or nitpick away. Yeah. I like allowing the holidays to jumpstart that for me. So I decorate for Christmas every year. And then I feel like I experience what you're describing when I take all of the decorations down and I repack everything up. It almost gives me fresh eyes for the mm -hmm. space of, oh yeah, I do like it so much more when there's not as much stuff. And then the things that I choose to put back into that space are much more intentional. And so I think even grasping onto some of these typical rituals and routines throughout our year can help us to see how we want the space to look and be and what's most important to remain. Yeah. All right. The last one for me is I notice and appreciate more of the small things in life. And this is super important. There are so many small things that we try to ignore, um, like by being on our phones or just focusing on like big things. But like she's saying, before decluttering, I was distracted by all the stuff, didn't see the small things in life that really added value. Now I make sure to take note of small things with gratitude journaling. She spends five minutes writing all the things she's grateful for for the day. I really am a huge advocate for just one sentence journaling, like one sentence mm. every day, something you're thankful for or something that happened, whatever, but just like one sentence a day. That's yeah. that's all you need to have 365 uh, yes. sentences in a year. How great is that? Mm. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I like that. Super attainable. And the last one on this list is my mental health has improved. So for this article, they're saying that minimalism has absolutely freed up mental space, noticing that sensory levels are more stable and just an overall, again, I think contentment, it sounds like for her, minimalism has helped her focus in on her self-care routine. So again, when we have minimalism, simple ways of life, routines, schedules, it does give us time and money to put towards the things that actually matter. And so some of that can be how we choose to care for ourselves, doing things that are life-giving, enjoyable, beautiful, and that absolutely has a positive impact on our mental health. So I would agree this is another peripheral impact of minimalism, and I love that she highlighted this. Mm -hmm. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity, when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. 
Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month, New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Now that I have kids, I'm hyper aware of the information I put online. But unfortunately, there's only so much I can do. Our personal information is everywhere on the internet, and I don't have time to monitor and take it off every website. That's why I personally use Delete Me. Delete.me is a service that finds and removes any personal information from hundreds of data broker websites and make sure it stays off. Delete.me isn't just a one-time service. It's always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you don't want on the internet. I signed up, completed a questionnaire, and they took it from there, submitting opt-out requests to data broker sites and keeping my personal info private. To take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now, at a special discount for our listeners, today get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com frugal and use promo code FRUGAL at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL and enter code FRUGAL at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL, code FRUGAL. So our next article is how minimalism can help or hurt your finances. So this is, we're going to kind of breeze over this a little bit more, but we're just, it, we're going a little bit deeper on the money aspect. And this is from The Balance. And it's written by Aliyah Linton, who I actually know. So I'm excited to go through this one. What do you think about it, Jill? Mm. I love this perspective of saying how it can help uh, your finances and how it can hurt your finances. I think there are ways that minimalism is very congruent with frugality. And there's times when it can maybe be an offshoot of it. They may not align perfectly, or it depends on kind of how we approach frugality. But I think this is worth looking at that it doesn't always mean that we're going to save money. It can absolutely mean that. But I love this additional perspective and almost a warning of potential pitfalls I mm -hmm. see this article as. So yeah, I think it's worth looking at both how it can help and how it can hurt. And so they start off with how how it can improve our finances. And so for starters, minimalism does discourage excess. So it does give this rejection of overconsumption and encourages us to limit possessions to the essentials, which is going to automatically mean buying fewer things, spending less money on maintaining or replacing belongings. So when we just don't need as much, don't buy as much, then that, of course, is going to have a good benefit on our finances just because, in general, it discourages taking on more, owning more, and mm -hmm. instead having less. Yes. It says minimalism forces you to prioritize your spending as well. So many people incorrectly assume minimalism means having an aversion to buying, while this indeed could be one approach, minimalism is less about avoiding spending and more about spending intentionally, which is literally all we talk about on this show. Welcome to the Frugal Friends yes. podcast. Uh, <laughs> so you just have to think twice about 
what you buy. You have to have, you have to do the hard work of figuring out your core values, figuring out your partner, your children's, you know, values, and making sure your spending aligns with those. And the what I will spend on list is just as important as making a list of things I won't spend on. So that's also an important list to have. So things that you have spent on in the past that you have identified do not, you know, whether bring you joy or fulfill your values or whatever, that you make a conscious decision not to spend on in the future. For me, that's beer. Uh, I and an iced coffee. So I love drinking things. Coffee and alcohol are, are, you know, things I enjoy. But when I would go out, I would go maybe get an iced coffee because it's cheaper. Or I would go to a bar and get a beer. Obviously, it's cheaper. I do not enjoy these things. I have decided. I don't I don't like beer. I don't like iced coffee. Um, I would prefer an iced latte or a a cocktail when I go out. These things are more expensive, but I have prioritized them because I value the experience more and I will go out less if it means mm. I can enjoy the time I have out. So like I have put things on my I will not buy list. And now that I know I can plan better and I can experience better Mm. times because of it. I appreciate that knowledge of self. I think that comes in this whole journey of minimalism and frugality. Being curious with ourselves, knowing ourselves better, setting parameters around what's life-giving and what's not. It's all part of this. Mm -hmm. The last thing on this list as far as how minimalism can help our finances is that minimalism does encourage simple living. Like everything we talked about in the previous article, it's not just about having less, but can in some ways be about doing less or only engaging in activities that are fruitful, beneficial, life-giving, and maybe dropping costly commitments or activities. So it's not just about things. It can also be about experiences that we pay for. And it can help our finances when we really get in touch with what are the experiences and activities that I actually want to spend on. And only spending on those things is going to have a beneficial impact on our wallets as well. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to how minimalism can hurt your finances. And I actually think that this is more like how minimalism can hurt your heart or your pride more so than your finances, (laughs) honestly, Um, especially for this first one. So it says quality comes with a price. So one of the core tenets of minimalism is to prioritize quality over quantity, but with high quality comes a higher price tag. And so That is not necessarily hurting your finances. It definitely hurts your budget in the time that you buy it. Overall, though, we know that buying quality lasts longer, produces less waste, and saves you more in the long run, typically. So I don't think it hurts your finances, but it does, it hurts your budget in the month you are buying it. And I think it kind of hurts. It hurts me a little bit, if I'm being honest, to spend more for something of quality, even though I know that it's going to last longer and save more in the long run, even though I know like it's still 
I don't know. It's that scarcity mindset that just like creeps up and saying like, oh, you don't have enough money to get the nice thing. Like you're not the nice thing buying person. Uh, you're the generic <laughs> buying person. And yeah, that is, I think, more of a thing to overcome when we're talking yeah. about qu- buying quality. I think it can grate against some of the characteristics that can be true about us frugal folk. Mm-hmm. And But I, I will say, too, I think only spending quality on the things that matter the most, I think where it can hurt our finances is if we start to really adopt this outlook of, well, I'm minimal, so I'm only going to buy the nicest things. And then we just start doing that for even the things that we actually don't need it to Mm -hmm. be that quality, or it's not actually that important of a thing to us. I think that there are plenty of times where the middle of the road or even the lower cost option is still going to last long. Mm -hmm. And you can buy quality secondhand. You can buy very amazing things that have already been used. So I agree and I disagree with this point. I, I still think it depends on the approach and what it is that we choose to buy quality with. Yeah. In the long run, it can save us a lot of money for sure. The next one on here, though, I I appreciate this point as it relates to minimalism hurting our finances. Purging can cost us. So one of the things related to minimalism is decluttering. It's not the only thing, but they're, they're saying that it's possible that we go overboard, get rid of things, and then discover that we did need something and we rebuy it. I can see some people falling into that trap. It is like, the minority, I'm just going to throw it all away. It's yeah, a minority. Sure. That is not the common approach. I <laughs> Not the common mm-hmm. approach. But the other thing, though, that I can see as well happening that they point out is if you really embrace the Kamari method where you only want to have things that spark one. joy, that one. The- <laughs> sometimes this could lead to people getting rid of something to buy the, re- the better replacement because they're going to like it more. I, 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 the whole thing with Kanmari is that you're, of course, you're keeping things that don't directly spark joy, but you have the, you have the, they are a means to something that sparks joy for you. And so mm-hmm. I, I think to blame it on the spark joy, you know, excuse. I just, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to throw the Kamari method under the bus, but I could see that if you have something, but it's not exactly the the way that you want it to be in order for you to keep it long term, it's possible that you'd get rid of it to buy its better replacement. We don't necessarily have to put Kanmari into that equation. I could see that happening. I yeah, um, for myself or others. I could, but the the joy, the sparking joy isn't the thing. Like this does this thing does this iPhone spark joy? No, but it would if it was an iPhone 82. That's the wrong mindset to do when you are doing the KonMari method. It's like, does this iPhone spark joy? Like, I get to take pictures and and do all this stuff. And yeah, I would like the newer one, but this one's okay. You know, we'll, we'll upgrade when it's time sort of thing. 
I think the key there is, okay, potential pitfalls in it and just a reminder to remain tethered in Mm -hmm. our process of this, that be realistic about what you're getting rid of. If you're uncertain if you're going to want it or need it in a few months from now, then you put it in a bin out of sight, out of mind, and then come back to it six months later. Did you need those things? If not, okay, then you're free to get rid of them. Yeah. And and then just being realistic about the new things that you actually need to buy, not throwing all frugality, problem solving, and sustainability out the window. Yeah. All right. And the last one on the list is that simple isn't necessarily cheap. And this is similar to the first one is that quality, it does cost more than everything that's cheap. So they're saying if you're pursuing simplicity in your physical life, then that will flow over. You'll want to live, you know, more organically, sustainably and rethink what you drive, where, all of this stuff, which is great. You should. But these things are more expensive. But the hope is that you are buying less of other stuff so that on the things you do care about, you can spend a little more for. But again, it ha- like I when I go to buy something that's more expensive, I could get it cheaper at lesser, you know, lesser quality. I think, oh, I'm not the kind of person that drives the electric car. I'm not the kind of person that shops at the health food store. You know, it's kind of, it has to be an identity shift. And I know not all people think this way, but it's like what I struggle with. But I do, I think I live more by the let's just eliminate as much as possible so that I don't have to make as many of these hard decisions. Um, and then I'm slowly kind of getting better at buying quality, buying sustainable, and then also kind of figuring out, okay, what are the things I actually do need to buy? And what are the things that I, I don't, because sometimes I'll go to the other end of the spectrum to be like, okay, now I'm okay with spending money on this. So I'll just go from spending zero on it to 400. (laughs) And that's not good either. (laughs) I think overall, minimalism's ability to save us money and help our finances far and above outweighs minimalism's ability to hurt our finances. There are some active, intentional decisions we need to make in that, um, but most, mostly it's going to breed contentment and less purchasing of things. And that's the takeaway. Yeah. But you know what I never want to minimize and I always want more of? Mm. The, the Bill, Bill of, of the, the Week. week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hey, everybody. This is Lisa from New York, and I am happy to say I have 100% completed paying alimony. Woohoo! Done. Girls out there, get yourselves a prenup, ladies. <laughs> Lisa, I have to be honest. I listened to this one before because it was so short. I was like, 
oh, is this a real bill of the week? Is this just like a, an accidental call? And I heard it and I laughed then and I laughed now. <laughs> and it was... <laughs> I love this excitement, and it's it's definitely a new one for us. It's yes. like better than the debt-free scream right now. I, I'm loving everything about it. It is a good idea to get a prenup, especially if you are marrying later in life, um, and it's not. Uh, we actually have a um, an interview coming up next month that we've already recorded that where we talk a little bit about this, but uh, yeah. Also, to be the woman who owes the alimony is also yes. something that I am obsessed with. Get it, I'm girl. I'm obsessed with you, Lisa, right now. It's, um, it's great. I love this. It will go down as one of my favorite bills of the week. <laughs> it's short. It's, it's jubilant. And I want, I want more of it. I want more <laughs> bills like this. And it teaches us all something. Yes. So. <laughs> well, if you want to submit your bill of the week, if you've paid your last alimony payment Woo! or you did get a prenup mm. or you did not get a prenup or it has nothing to do with your <laughs> marital nuptials, visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. Leave us your bill. You know we yes. love it. How do I get my partner on board with our finances? It's a top question we get from listeners, and we've realized it's a game changer when there are tools that allow you to work together better, like Monarch. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple design makes it so easy to set up and manage your household finances. Plus, they have built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. After trying out Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001 and more, saving you time and money. With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com special. That's V-A-N-T-A dot special for $1,000 off Vanta. And now it's time for the lightning round. What frugal minimalism looks like for us, because we want to keep it, we want to keep this minimalism real niche. Like we're not just mm. minimalists. We are frugal and minimalist. So that looks different than somebody who considers them a themselves like a sustainable minimalist primarily or just a minimalist. So we all, hmm. we all yeah, look like at it differently. Yeah. 
Uh, so Jill, tell me about what frugal minimalism maybe looks like for you. Oh, yeah. For me, it is wrapped up a lot in contentment. I think I've learned this a ton. Tiny living taught me a lot of this because you couldn't bring more into the house. But I like your distinction there, Jen, because I think frugality could on one spectrum lead to hoarding. Minimalism on one spectrum could lead to expensive. And so the pairing of frugal minimalism, for me, it means that I am making really intentional decisions with my finances and resources and and home and lifestyle. So because I'm I live frugally and minimally, it means that I'm not collecting things in my home just because they're inexpensive. And I know that for some people with just the frugal mindset, it could mean that. Like, of course, I'm going to buy 10 toothpaste because look at how much I'll save in a year on toothpaste Mm -hmm. by using this coupon. So that's not my approach. And, And with that, it has led to an extreme decrease in my thrift store shopping. Previously, I think I was just frugal. And when I paired it with minimalism, I realized that going to the thrift store and getting as many things as possible, even at like a steep discount, wasn't actually serving me because I was filling my home with a ton of things that I didn't need and just kind of um, caused me more stress and clutter in my house. So frugal minimalism means just not buying and not having a ton. So for example, like we only have one vehicle That, of course, works for our lifestyle because both Eric and I work from home, so that's fantastic. But things like that where it's leading me to only have the things that I need in a really frugal way. Mm, Yes, I agree with so, so much of that. I won't copy you exactly, but I do agree with everything that you just said. Uh, For us, I would say it looks like very minimalist decor in our house because and and not minimalist things we still have a lot of toddler toys because everyone thinks a toddler needs multiple toys at every christmas and birthday uh so we do have the toys but uh i don't love decorating things so i don't feel the need to try and be something i'm not mm-hmm. and or do something i don't enjoy just because Instagram or HD, HGTV tells me I should. Uh, so that's something that we keep very minimal. And that means that I buy less home decor. And what I do buy is from a thrift store. I definitely was, I, I have a smaller, like, I don't love to shop for clothes. So I just have fewer clothes naturally. But one of the ways I limit that is that primarily only buy clothes from the thrift store or from thread up. So I think that's those barriers. I try to, I think the commitment to shopping secondhand first just naturally inhibits, it prevents me from going into stores that sell new things. Mm-hmm. And so that helps mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, I still make impulse purchases. Amazon is just really easy to do that, but I make a lot fewer of them because it's not the first place I go when I need something. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, love that. Yeah. 
Well, thank you everyone for listening. We hope that this has inspired you in one way or another related to your finances, minimalism, how that pairing can look for you. And let us know the benefits that you're seeing, uh, whether that's in our Frugal Friends community group on Facebook, wherever you can find us, Instagram. And we also want to thank you for your kind reviews on Apple Podcasts like this one from Vglen1417 titled Best Podcast for Values-Based Living. Happens to be five stars. Jen and Jill are fantastic hosts for this amazing podcast. They highlight the best things about frugal living. The word frugal can have a bad connotation to it, but as someone who is naturally frugal and prefers simpler living, finding this podcast and this community has helped me solidify my values and has helped me live my life and embrace my frugality. The personal finance aspect also has helped me tremendously. Thanks, Jen and Jill. Amazing. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so glad you you separated the frugality portion from the personal finance portion because they are they are separate to an extent. So I'm we're glad it's helped you with both. And we also want to thank our friends who share these episodes on social media. So when you share the latest episode on Instagram, we're adding you to our monthly drawing for every five tags and reviews we get each month. We're giving away $50 for you to spend in the Frugal Friends shop. So keep leaving us those reviews wherever you listen to podcasts and sending the screenshot to reviews at frugalfriendspodcast.com. And don't forget to tag us on social. See you next week. Bye. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Uh, Jen, I have done so well with not like buying anything because I've been <laughs> sick for an eternity. I, it does seem that way. I feel like <clears throat> I was sick the entire month of December and you have had it January. It's been mm-hmm. so long since we've been yeah. together in person. And that has been a travesty as well. Mm-hmm. But soon we will be reunited but I still won't spend any money. Absolutely. I mean, thankfully, I just don't spend a lot of money. I have everything you need right here, honey. I have (laughs) everything you need right Uh, here. Come to my house. And I am content for that. Content in relationships. Mm. Amen. Be my Valentine. Oh my gosh, we're a month away from Valentine's Day. Actually, no, with this episode, three days away. Yeah. No, um, get you chocolates. Happy, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's everyone. Day. Keep it happy minimal. Galentine's Day. Yes. <laughs> All right. Enjoy. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. 
It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And? Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.